here's a question. What do you see in your mind when I say the words Pompeii and Mount Vesuvius? Well, probably like us, you think about an eruption that covered a city centuries ago that you can now visit and see bodies where they actually died. Well, that is all true, but oh my gosh, visiting Pompeii, the modern and ancient cities, and climbing the rim of the volcano involves so much more, and we tell you all about it in this episode, which is day three of our Rome to Amalfi tour with Intrepid Travel. From the sleek, upmarket modern city where we watched the sunset behind Mount Vesuvius from a rooftop bar sipping cocktails to exploring the time capsule that is ancient Pompeii. We share all the things we were blown away with. The ancient city is exactly as it was 2,000 years ago. Can you imagine that? We take you inside some of their houses with all the decorations and artwork intact as it is as vibrant today as it was 2,000 years ago. It's incredible. We walk the cobblestone streets lined with restaurants with their kitchens and mosaic benches and ovens in their original condition. We go through the bustling market and past the forum area, which was once the heart of the city. You will discover with us the arena, the Roman bars, the theatres, shops, factories, basically the whole city. Make sure you stay listening if you want to hear about the place that surprised us the most. So all I'm going to say is it's pretty graphic and definitely not for the easily shocked. Of course, a visit to Pompeii wouldn't be complete without seeing the fugitives or the bodies. We tell you exactly what happened to these people so many years ago. Then day four, we head off to ascend the summit of Mount Vesuvius and hike around the rim. You will definitely want to hear all about the eruption of 2,000 years ago and some subsequent eruptions and what this active volcano looks like today and what they're doing to make sure there isn't another catastrophe around the corner. Of course, you can see all the pictures and links, including an accurate animation of the eruption that accompany this episode by clicking the link to episode 70 in the podcast description of the player you are now listening on. So please enjoy episode 70 all about Pompeii and Mount Vesuvius. Cheers and welcome to the Beach Travel Wine podcast. We are your hosts, I'm Leanne and I'm Lyle and this is the travel podcast for beach loving wine drinking couples over 50. So if that sounds like you, grab yourself a drink, sit back, relax and listen as we go travelling the world one wine at a time. Cheers. Good morning, Lyle, and welcome to episode 69 of our travel podcast. Is this the Intrepid Tour? <laughs> the Intrepid Tour. This is, um, yes, this is the second part of our uh, podcast all about the tour that we were doing from, are doing from Rome to Amalfi and with Intrepid Travel, that's correct. And we're starting today in Pompeii, but not the Pompeii everyone thinks, right? Sure. Yeah, it's um, modern Pompeii. So, yeah. yeah, so we had the whole day in Naples and we talk, tell you about that in episode 68 and then we hop on a train which took about an hour and we landed in the heart of um, modern Pompeii. Now, did you even know modern Pompeii was a city? No, I didn't, but, you know, it sort of makes sense. I that, know, but, but I felt really stupid because when we, you know, the tour said we're staying in Pompeii, I'm like, oh, we'll just be in a hotel somewhere, you know, on some ruins somewhere, but... Yeah, so did I. I thought the same. I thought it would be just, yeah, yeah. But But it's quite a modern little city, isn't it? Yeah, look, it's it's got a population of 23,910. Yeah, we we arrived around 6 o'clock, I suppose it was, and we had to, it was about a 600-metre walk to where we were staying. 
Which was but, right in the heart of the city. Yeah. It's only, it's when we say it's 600 metres from the railway station, it was also only three, uh, 600 metres from the archaeological site. So obviously it was really, really, really convenient. And when you look at the booking.com, it actually says in their ratings the location is 9.4. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, it was great location. But one of the things that I noticed when we were walking through and we actually discussed it was how modern. And yeah. how contemporary the yeah. city was. The roads were were, were roads. They weren't cobblestone streets. Yeah. They were um, and, wide. And lots and lots of cafes. And the fit-outs in the cafes was really contemporary. Yeah. Like and it I, was full of um, young people. Yeah, sipping uh, their Aperol spritz and things. Yeah, yeah. Look, it, was, it just appeared to have a really cool vibe. I noticed, which is, you know, random, I noticed the, the lounge chairs and the, the seats they were sitting on outside yeah, weren't just right. your, your standard tables. They were... There was like dark bottle green velvet um, chairs and, you know, just funky prints and things, you know, like we just made us think, oh, cool, we're going to come back here and and, um, and enjoy this. But I guess it would be modern. Have a drink. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it would be modern though because if it was, you know, like an ancient city, it would have been, you know, covered yeah, by the... <laughs> yeah, destroyed yeah. by the, the, the Mount Vesuvius eruption. Yeah, yeah so yeah, we sure. head, head to our hotel. Yeah, look, um, we stayed in a family-run three-star hotel called uh, Hotel Restaurante Ametrano. Now, the thing, as I said about Intrepid Travel, is they like to, you know, um, benefit the local community by staying in these centrally located but family-owned hotels, which is this one was. And they were there. You see old grandpa was sitting in front of the TV in the reception and stuff. Oh, yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> they, they, obviously, they'd had the hotel since its exception. So, yeah. um, look, the hotel was clean. Yeah, it was great. Uh, it was comfortable, uh, air-conditioned. Mm. Mm. Uh, there was safe. TVs, mm. yeah, safe, and free Wi-Fi or Wi-Fi, as they call it, uh, in the public areas. And we had a, a little balcony, which, you know, couldn't really call it a balcony, but you could step outside, which overlooked the main street. Yeah. Um, and out the front of our place, it was sort of almost pedestrian only, big wide street that, you know, was nice to walk up and down. But one of the other benefits of this, you know, intrepid travel tour that I liked, as we mentioned um, in, our, in a previous episode, was... We got to stay two nights. Now, when you're staying two nights, I mean, I know this is a random thing to say, but you can do a bit of washing, you know, like if, if, if you arrive late in one place and then have to get up the next morning, you know, you can't get stuff dry. But here you could just hand wash a few things and hang them out because it was warm and, you know, that was just a benefit of, of having two nights, one of the things I liked. Yes, and that <laughs> is true. You are a little obsessive about that sort of thing. But, look, we... Um, well, I don't like to turn <clears throat> my undies inside out if I don't have to, right? Yeah, yeah. So, look, at the, look at the check-in was fine. Yeah. Uh, they had lifts, although they may be the smallest lifts in <laughs> the world, but they did have lifts. Yes. And we were, uh, I think we may have been on the second level. But look, it was it was great. They, they actually have a restaurant that operates uh, seven days a week. Yeah, dinner and, and basically, and uh, the, the the menu that I remember was mainly local cuisine. Mm. And I had um, the grilled fish. Yeah, we had. and was absolutely delicious. It was nice. We sat outside. Uh, Luca and um, organized yeah. the table for us, didn't he? Yeah, Luca again. He, nice he took he took uh, charge. And so he, Luca, for those who haven't listened to the previous episode, was our Italian guide. And yeah. um, on our tour with us, I probably should mention there's um, uh, there's eight of us plus the tour. There's Luca, as I said, the guide, and then we have Mandy and Christy, some fellow Aussies, Lynn and Cassia, mum and daughter from uh, UK. the UK, 
and our friends that we were traveling with Wayne and Anne and of course us so there's a it's a nice small group and by this stage we've all got to know each other and it's just enhanced the holiday being able to um, you know made some brand new friends which has been fabulous yeah I think we were really lucky because um, everybody got on yeah you know so it was really good that way yes. uh, so yeah we had a great dinner and then after dinner Leanne and I decided we uh, although it was about probably nine o'clock, I yeah, think. Yeah, it was getting a bit later. <clears throat> we decided we'd go for a bit of a stroll, which we normally do, and uh, walked around for a while and then decided to have a a nightcap. Yeah, a glass of vino. A glass of, you know, vino blanco. And um, then we headed back home and the bed was comfortable. We mm. slept well. Uh, Ready for the next day. Now, the hotel also has breakfast, which, what do you say, was a Italian buffet sweet breakfast or something? Yeah, the, on the website <laughs> they call it a sweet Italian buffet breakfast served in the breakfast room and the breakfast room because when we ate outside yeah uh for dinner uh yeah. on uh, more al fresco and yet in the morning breakfast was inside look it was great mm. no problem was, yeah so we were excited because um you know all, all the group you know because we were going to see the ancient um site of pompeii now once again let's talk about what we thought the ancient site of pompeii was because you know, I'm not trying to sound ignorant here, but I most of the stuff I've heard or seen about Pompeii, I mean, everyone knows there was an, a volcanic uh, eruption that covered the city, uh, but the things that you think that you're going to, going to see was basically some old ruins and some bodies. That's Correct. what that was. What I thought it would be. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And I think the the emphasis is, is on the bodies. Yes. Um, but as it turns out, that's a very, very, very small part of the actual exhibition. Sure. And um, we didn't well, see the ruins. I yeah. suppose. And and uh, we didn't actually see that that to the end, did we? So, no, that's yeah. correct. So we're about to head into the archaeological site of Pompeii, and um, yeah, let's. Tell people what um, you you can expect to see in there. Yeah, look, uh, Luca had again organised all the entry tickets and introduced us to our local guide, Clemate. Uh, Clemate was he was excellent, passionate, very knowledgeable guy. Yeah, and um, yeah. So when the actual uh, eruption happened, uh, that was seventy nine AD. Uh, Pompeii was a Roman colony. Now. At the time, Pompeii was a wealthy town with a population of about 11,000, enjoying many fine buildings and luxurious private houses and lavish decorations, furnishings and works of art. It was originally founded by the Greeks in the 7th and to the 16th century BC. Then under the Romans, Pompeii underwent a process of urban development, which accelerated in the Augustan period from about 30 BC. New buildings, including amphitheatres, gymnasiums, swimming pools, two theatres and at least four public bars. An aqueduct provided water to the public bars to more, and to more than 25 street fountains and many private houses and businesses. There were at least 31 bakeries, each with wood-burning ovens, millstones and sales counter. There were nearly eight, uh, sorry, 100 inns or snack bars in which hot food and drinks were sold with rooms where customers could eat their food. Also, there was wool processing, processing was well developed with 13 workshops that worked the raw materials, seven that did the dye spinning, did the spinning, sorry, nine the dye 
in and eighteen the washing. I wonder what they made with that wool. That'd be interesting. Well, clothes, I would imagine. Sure. Yeah. So um, yeah, so it was a huge city, and and, and as well as that, they had temples and churches, markets. Yeah, know, they shops. were all based around the forum. Yeah, uh, which forum is in the centre there, right towards the centre. Mm. Um, yeah. So then, but the first thing we really saw was the arena or the amphitheatre. Yeah. So what did you think about that? Well, it was a huge. Um, so what we're trying to say it was like a you know back you know two thousand years ago it was a real it's like a massive bustling city had everything you know it was very sophisticated you know with the the restaurants and things but as as we entered we um we saw the the big arena which is like the coliseum and like the arena in verona um but i was su- surprised because it was it's probably one of the best kept you know like obviously because it was um you know under ash all those years and and we get you get to go inside it but i was taken all or back by the you know the brick, the stone walls, not brick walls, and the gardens and the trees and the and the and the the plants that you know sort of gave it a real um, you know I didn't I didn't expect it to have greenery I guess yeah, yeah. look the actual amphitheatre is the oldest among those known from Roman times so it's nowhere near the size of the Colosseum no um, it was built in seventy BC and could hold up to twenty thousand spectators. Hmm. Um, and the, the actual description of it, the external t- staircase with two flights provide access to the upper steps and a down co- downward corridor provides access to the lower steps. The arena is separated from the area intended for the spectators by a parapet, which is decorated with frescoes of gladiators that you can still recognise. Yeah, still see today. Um, and I guess the thing, you know, like it's hard, hard to sort of, you know, get across is, the everything we're going to tell you about that we saw, you know, up to 250 years ago was covered in meters of ash. It had yeah. been forgotten after the after yeah. The I think it was between they t- they talk about between six and seven meters of yeah, basically mm. palmerstone. Yeah, I yeah. suppose we are going to talk about Mount Vesuvius, but I just want to say like the the eruption took about you know 18 hours to cover this city, which you know isn't that long to have everything you know completely covered is it yeah yeah um and and so the site they've been uncovering it now for as i said 250 years and it's only a third of it so far yeah they've only got got two thirds of it mm. so once we, we we sort of we've gone th- through the amphitheater and as it said it was really impressive and really well preserved um and um then we just then we, we strolled as we we talked about through the forum and the forum area is basically where, you know, as Lan said, it's got all the religious buildings. You know, I think it was the Apollo, the Temple of Apollo. Then you've got also um, the markets, um, mm. the law courts, the administration buildings, just like any modern city, basically. Mm. And then <clears throat> the thing that sort of blew me away was the, the baths. Now, Pompeii uh, has five public bath complexes a clear sign of the importance of the custom of going to the baths, not just for reasons of hygiene and relax, relaxation, but also to meet people and socialising. Now, these baths, the same as the ones in Rome, they have separate uh, areas for male and female. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so it was... And, and you can still see some of the decorations and things on the wall. Oh, that, sure, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So once again, these were completely covered. And mm-hmm. they and, and they and you can still... They had the steam rooms, they had mm. the saunas... They had the whole thing going on. So, mm. again, 
how sophisticated were they? Mm. You know, they were just incredible. Now, it was the, the, the laundries to me really sort of, uh, how can I put it? Uh, it was a surprise. <clears throat> now, Bompei had 12 ancient laundries. These were used for washing laundry and decreasing fa- uh, degreasing fabrics made from yarn that had just been sun. Laundry, spun. Yep. Spun, yeah. <clears throat> uh, laundry workers who were amongst uh, almost exclusively slaves had to tread on the fabrics for hours in a liquid containing animal and human urine considered ideal for treating fabrics. Now, this is where it gets a bit, you know, yeah. how's your father? The urine tax in Pompeii. Urine was valued for its ammonia content, the natural enemy of grease and dirt, valuable for laundering clothes and whitening teeth. Yeah. And in Venice, blonding your hair. Correct. That's correct. <laughs> the lower classes urinated into pots which were emptied into cesspools. Wealthy buyers of the urine paid the tax for this valuable liquid. Now, this is the really untidy bit. Urine remained a popular mouthwash till the 18th century. Mm, I'd rather have no teeth. So would I. So 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 these are all the laundries that you can see around the the city. Yeah, and I think I remember you saying to me, you were really blown away with the the private houses. I was, but the, the, the first thing, though, that I was amazed by were the streets themselves. You know, they were straight... They were, oh, um, that's right. and they they were built up like they had gutters. Yeah, you know, so the paths, you know, so you've got these streets, and then you've got the footpaths on either side, and on the sides of the footpaths are the laundries, the shops, the restaurants, the houses, right? Yeah, and um, they had they used to have some problem with water sometimes. Like, yeah, like, yeah. I don't know whether it was just normal rain or whatever, but they had stepping stones. So you, so the pedestrians could get across, but also they left gaps big enough. Yeah, for the carts. Yeah, the wagon wheels to, to, to go across. And I've got some really cool photos of all this stuff we're talking about um, with to go with episode uh, 70. And if you, as I said, go to the um, player that you're on now and, and click on the link to episode 70, uh, you will see the, all the, the pics. And I've got a really good one of the, the street just looking, you know, you can imagine it just being a, a, a bustling street where people are going about their everyday business um, up and down and the shops on each side. But as you just said, the, the private houses blew me away too. Yeah. And I'm just, I've just got to keep going back to the fact that, you know, like you, you go to places like Rome where, where you've got all this stuff that's, you know, been there for centuries still. But in Pompeii, this stuff's only been out in the air for 250 years. Like it's been covered over. So as I said before, it's like a time capsule. So if you look at some of these houses, they're like double-storey houses, and the, as you you know look at the entry hall, they've got mosaic floors, you know, yeah. and they're they're pristine condition. Yeah, you got staircases. Yep, and and the poles in the middle with more mosaics on yeah, them. Yeah, the columns. Yeah, oh, sorry, the columns, and you know the sunken. There's even a sunken living room area. You yep. know, um, and you get the and then you can actually go into some of these places, the, the bigger houses that have their own courtyards. And, you know, like you're walking around the the, the courtyards with the, the columns and the gardens in the middle, you know, and you can just, it blows my mind that, that um, and the that you can see what it was like 2,000 years ago. Like, Yeah, it's, it's hard to actually explain how at a, 
how my impression of it was. It was like I was sort of blown away. I think mainly because, again, we go back to that sophistication word. We You just don't expect it the city to be that sophisticated and you know like looking in some of these houses the the actual paintings on the walls yep you know like they're not um they're like there's i remember this one and i've got photos of it it's black uh sorry it's red with with black um figures on it and it's as vibrant today as it would have been two thousand years ago and i actually questioned clemente yeah and i said because he said that's that's the original I said, "What? Well, that's not reproduced." He said, "No, that's the original." Yeah, and, and I, like I just—that was one wow. example of the in the whole city of these these things that you can see all all over the place. One of the things that um, we saw in in Pompeii uh, was quite um, interesting to our tour that we we're on, and and everyone on there. But I have to tell you that. Um, a few, Two people, and one of one of them was on the tour with us, so I'm not going to mention names, Annie. But um, there is a part of well, they'd been there before, right? And, and the people I talked to had been there before, and they said there was one thing out of all of this, everything they saw in this amazing city that they remembered from when they visited, right? And that's what we're going to tell you about now. Yes? So maybe you're saying. It's more about them than actually what <laughs> the actual. Well, I, maybe, but I think object I was. think because it's quite um, I don't know different in your face <laughs> in your face, and um, I'm just going to also put a bit of a, a warning here. Like um, you know, that we are going to talk about some things that are a bit um, risque, and I have pictures to back it up uh, that you, you, you'll want to go and have a look at. Yeah, I think what. Land's saying is that the uh, Pompeii population were very progressive. Uh, well, in, some of them were, yes. In, in in relation to their sex lives. Okay, so yeah. you, so go on, tell tell people about it. Look, it's everywhere. You can't miss it. Like you, you're walking along, and Clemente was pointing it out. Prostitute houses had penis carvings on the houses with their names and how much their services cost. And they also had penis carvings on the ground as arrows and on the walls pointing to where the brothels were. Now, correct, correct. And that's what my friends told me they remembered was the... That was the only thing they remembered. The, uh, Pompeii, the only thing I remember were the giant penises yeah, yeah, yeah. on the walls and on the roads. <laughs> now, brothels had frescoes painted on the walls with what was available and the cost. Now, one of the ones we saw, there was a boy and a girl with a customer and there was... Uh, like seriously, there was nothing left of the imagination. I've got pictures of basically they had like around the walls. There would have been, you know, maybe four on each wall, and, and they're all sort of pictures, probably you know, fifty centimeters by fifty centimeters. Um, of, basically, the menu. Right. Okay. And 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 of okay, there's a bed, and there's or you know, there's a boy and a girl, or whatever's going on. They've got pictures of everything that, you know, you, you could choose, as you said, a, a sexual menu. And these pictures are in pristine con condition and they're inside these places that have got the penises pointing um, on the walls and on, on the road. So, um, yes, quite um, in your face. vivid and yeah. don't leave anything to the imagination. So Yeah, um, I did a little bit of research there. I, I bet you did. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the... La Pana, which is the wolf's den, was the official brothel. That, that was two stories with five 
bedrooms on mm-hmm. each story. Mm-hmm. So, right. yeah, look, you know, they say it's the oldest profession in the world. That's yeah. what they say. So, but look, seriously, you just, it was so in your face. You, you, you're sort of walking around going, what? Yeah, is that a, yeah. Oh, And like, it was everywhere. Yeah. It wasn't just when oh, one bar. And so, yeah, go and have a look. But with all, with these photos that I've got of the pictures on the wall and the penises on the the wall, uh, the you know the outside of the buildings and on the road, um, there were statues that had gigantic penises. Oh, I forgot all about that. That's true. And I've got a photo of that. Well, so as as magnificent as David was, Michelangelo's David, and how small he was, this guy is like oh, look, it's ginormous. It's, it's it's hilarious. It's oh yeah. So. We, obviously, we're going to remember that about Pompeii too, because oh, sure, because you just can't, you can't miss it, miss it you yeah. know. But as you said earlier, Land, that yes. that I found going to Pompeii actually enhanced the rest of the, the trip to Italy. In that, you know, we've been to Florence, we've been to to Rome, and we've seen all these magnificent uh, monuments. But this is really the first time we actually have seen how they lived yeah. and they were a very, very sophisticated. Uh, and how they, you know, how elaborately they lived, you know, their houses and, you know, the decorations and you know, like, a, yeah, and this, this, the, this, how accurate their streets were. It was in grid formation. Like it was, yeah, it was amazing. How well, even how clean they are. Yeah. Like as in, And the in, fountains in, where you get your, your water. You yeah, know? yeah, you, you, <laughs> had a, you had a drink out of one of the yeah. fountains. So and obviously there are 25 fountains. You can still drink out of them. They're still supplied by the the original mm. aqueduct. So it's it's amazing. Yeah, it, it is amazing. Now we spent as part of the tour. Like I look, if you're going to Pompeii, you I believe you should get a guide. I mean, you can get maps, you know. Yeah. Um, but the amount of information and the swiftness of the way you move through the site with a guide uh, is in the take you to the you know the main main things you want to see, and then to the, some of the secret places that you know, you, you might not find you on your own that easily, is definitely worth it getting a guide, don't you say? Oh, look, and, and our guide, uh, and he that, was fabulous. And we've, you've also got Luca yeah. as well, and he's, you know, adding comments of what he knows about it. So, mm-hmm. look, it was, it was a fabulous experience. And, and, it, and certainly, you know, one of the highlights of the um, the tour with Intrepid Travel that, we've, that we did. And as you mentioned, Luca, well... Um, our main tour guide left and we all went, because we'd been there for hours and it was a hot day and we all went to, there's a cafe there. That's and, correct, yeah, yeah. So you can, you know, get lunch, have a cold drink, go to the toilet, that sort of stuff, you know. You can so, have a beer, which yeah. was, I thought was impressive. I, yeah, good. Um, and then Luca said, well, you know, I know it's hot, but there are some other things I'd like to show you. That's correct. And we were like, sure. We, we were, everyone on our tour absolutely loved Pompeii. And um, we, we, yeah, we couldn't get enough of it. Um, so certainly amazing that this has been buried all these years, 2,000 years under bloody metres of um, dirt. It's, yeah, yeah, just it's amazing. And as, as it sort of the Clemente uh, bid his farewell and, and as, his, as Leanne said, Luca sort of took over, one of the things that everybody, I'm sure, or most people would, recognises um, the bodies of Pompeii. I remember Christy, you know, our gorgeous friend Christy, she said, what's everyone feeling? You know, how are they going to feel about Pompeii today? And I said, I think it might be a bit disturbing seeing the bodies. The bodies. But it, it actually wasn't disturbing um, because after you'd seen everything else, 
you know, even if you hadn't seen the bodies, it was, you know, there's quite a few actually in glass cabinets around the place mm. as well. But the ones that we wanted to see are the ones that were actually in the position they were found in. So this Correct. is where they died 2,000 years ago. Yeah. And look, the, the, the local, what they call as the fugitives. Now, mm. why they call it that, I can only assume is because they're running away mm. um, from, the, the, from the eruption. Archaeologists, 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 <laughs> how do you say that? Archaeologists. That's the one, have <laughs> uncovered uh, 1,150 bodies. Yes. Now, when the skin and tissues of these bodies decayed, they left a void in the layer of ash around them in the exact shape of their final moments. Mm. So what they did was they made casks of... Yeah, yeah. So I, and some know, of them are lying there with children. Yeah, look, it's in, it's in fetal positions, you, you, and there's what would there be about eleven or twelve of them there together? Yeah, and that and that uh, display. Yes. And I have a, a, a photo of, of all of those. So once again, um, episode seventy, beach travel wine. Go on, go and have a look because it yeah, I've got some really nice well, not nice photos. Probably the right, right, probably disturbing photos. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, you've got to see them. But it's sort of one of those things that if, if you did find that uncomfortable. It's only a very small portion of the rest of what you see. I would find that most people might find the penises more uncomfortable than the bodies. Yeah, and there's probably more penises than bodies. <laughs> but um, I think that, uh, yeah, look, it takes about, I think, probably three to four hours, you reckon, yeah. to, to do it? Yeah, to, to do it properly for sure. Yeah, I, uh, I agree. So so that was our our morning around the Pompeii archaeological site. After an amazing morning in the um, Pompeii archaeological site, uh, it's still it's always going to remain one of my favourite things in Italy, just because it's so, it was so amazing what we saw. We uh, Luca had organised for us to go to a authentic restaurant for lunch. Yeah. Yep. That was uh, the the restaurant was called Campona. Campona. Now I do feel a bit guilty because. He took us there because you have you can have this whole experience of dressing up in you know ancient Roman clothes and togas and yeah that sort right of stuff, yeah. and you you can have like the four course lunch and which is the authentic food and then you get the wine in in um, a little um, a what, pottery yeah I've got a photo of that as well yeah it's and, a huge pottery with handles yeah. mug and <laughs> but uh, we, you have the local wine we, you know back in in the time it was just so hot in this you know like that that you know in the restaurant but it was also like we would it was very very hot day yeah but there so was no air con or anything no so. no no that's right so we'd sort of spent you know about four hours at pompeii the actual site mm. and we were all perspiring and we just was, wanted water and to, to strip off really so but luca did get dressed up yes he, he and did he the did have the food and we and we all got to have a little look at it and sample it and um, try the wine in, in the um, the pottery mug, which was nice. Uh, but that was, that was a, a nice little um, debrief, wasn't it, of our morning and everyone was sort of laughing about the the penises and the pictures on the walls and then talking about the bodies and, you know, like just how amazed they were at the whole site and everything, weren't they? Yeah, well, I think, you know, everybody was becoming a lot more comfortable with each other. Yeah. So, you know, talking about the, the, the penises on the roads and that sort of stuff and, yeah, um, that was all we talked about. But it was quite um, funny. I think everybody, to be honest, was super impressed with yeah. what they just experienced. Now, 
uh, Leanne and I didn't have the the, the traditional authentic Roman uh, banquet, but what we did have, uh, Leanne had the uh, pork oh, cheeks. That was divine. And I had the lamb shanks. Mm. And seriously, mm. so far, Luca, 10 out of 10 for each restaurant that he picked so far. The yeah. food was magnificent. The service was great. Um, and one of, that's another benefit of being on tour. You don't even have to think about what, you, what no. you're going to eat, you know. So um, the, then we had um, uh, we had a bit of a, 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 not problem, but, you know, we're trying to get a taxi back. You know, it wasn't that far back to the, because uh, we'd come out a different exit to where we went in and it was, you know, further away and we were all so hot we'd walk thousands and thousands of steps that um, Lucas said, I'll get, to, get us all a taxi back. Well, Lynn and um, Cassie decided they'd walk. And, um, you know, we had trouble getting a taxi. But eventually Luca got us one, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, We would have found it difficult without Luca. Yes. So that was good. And we had a free um, afternoon where um, you and I had a bit of an uh, afternoon nap. We were, you know, in the air con, didn't we? Yeah, it yeah. was good. And um, later on we did something really special, didn't we? We did. Yeah, after poor our... Our poor friend Wayne, he had a bit of problems walking around in the heat, didn't he? So Yeah, he had poor old Wayne. He had a bit of chafing. Um, <laughs> so and, the, just as, you know. And not... to be perfect, Frank, I had a little bit too, and there's nothing worse. But no. uh, Wayne had it worse than me, and he had a very, very uh, strange walk. But uh, he uh, went out that, we all went out that night yes. to a very, very, very special place. So I guess I'll let I was, you describe the reason it. I brought up Wayne, sorry to go back, was just, you know, Think about what you're wearing walking around in the heat for four hours, you know, because it can cause problems, yeah? Sure. Yes. But, yes, so we went out and um, not all of us went. I think Luca and Lynn stayed um, back at the, the hotel, but the, the rest of us headed off because the girls. So, see, that's another thing travelling with a group of people, especially young, you know, you know, vibrant people, they, they find the rooftop bars and places to go. I didn't even know there was a rooftop bar. So we followed them. Yes, we did. And um, we ended up, what was the name of that place? It was called, the uh, the actual hotel was the Habitat 79. Yeah. And the actual uh, bar, and I, they obviously showed a lot of imagination, it was called the Roof Bar. Okay. And how beautiful was that? Oh, look, it was, it was like you had a, a fabulous view. You were actually. I'm, I'm going to talk about the view. They had some just, photos. But the, the, photos. Plush, the plush um, furnishings and I think Wayne and um, maybe Christy sat down and had these big green bean bags. And, um, but there was a, a, what was the word, a stipulation that, that the only reason we could stay was. Yeah, it was a 25 euro minimum. Per person. Per person, yeah, yeah. So, so, so Leanne and I knew we would never probably well, spend that much. Well, the cocktails were twenty euros, so it was never going to be an issue. Yeah, so. and we had something. We we had yeah, we yeah. had a like a little snack, and well, I think it was, I can't remember exactly what it was, but I could do remember it was beautiful. Yeah, it was great. Also, it was a lobster thing. Yeah, it was lovely. Uh, yeah. Taco. Yeah, that's what it was. It was a lobster taco. So that was and it was magnificent. It was, and um, I actually made some new friends. I was went over to take some oh, photos. That's and right. You did. Was chatting to some other Aussies over there. But let me tell you about this rooftop bar and. You know, besides, you know, the furnishings and, you know, we're there after such a great day and everyone's, you know, in this great mood and we're all chatting, having a lovely time, nice cocktails, you know, funky food and the sun's setting. Now, the sun is setting over Mount Vesuvius. So from this rooftop bar, you've got the panoramic views of Mount Vesuvius, which, you know, when you hear about all the damage it did 2,000 years ago, you can't imagine it because it's just this gorgeous big mountain 
as I said, the sun setting. And in front of Mount Vesuvius, you can just see the archaeological site. It was getting quite dark, but, you know, it, it was right in front of it. So I got the best videos, but also photos of the, the um, sunset and, you know, all of us as a group sitting up the top of this rooftop bar. It was just the perfect way to, to finish the to day. To finish yeah. the day, you yeah, know. And, and so, yeah, definitely if you – and that was a benefit staying in Pompeii. You know, you got to see this. You know, like imagine if you had to hop on a bus at 1 o'clock and head back, you know, um, back to where you're staying. Like we, we could just take it all in. And I think that added to the atmosphere of the whole Pompeii thing, don't you? Sure. And I, th- I don't think that, that that particular rooftop bar is the only rooftop bar. I, I, look, it's a really sophisticated city. Like it's, it's really, really nice – comfortable, safe. Uh, yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah, you, you could go there even if it didn't have the archaeological site. Sure. Yeah, it's just a great place. All right, so enough of the rooftop bar. We're going to head home because we are heading into the next day, which is day four of our intrepid travel tour, um, and we're actually going to go up to Mount Vesuvius. Imagine this. It's a normal day in you know, 2,000 years ago in August in 79 AD. It's 8 a.m. in the morning. It's There's clear skies, a few clouds around, nothing seems afoot. But all of a sudden, you know, the birds start to get a bit funny, some dogs start to bark, and you start to see some smoke just starting to come out the top of the um, Mount Vesuvius. Um, I guess you don't think much of it. You know, you know it's a volcano. But then there's a bit of a shake, you know, a bit more smoke, and by 1 o'clock there's more smoke, right? And so that's sort of, you know, the, the five hours there. And about 1 o'clock the top blows off the top of the mountain and it sends, it's the first phase of the explosion, and it sends um, debris and, and, you know, ash, everything up into the air about up to 30 kilometres into the stratosphere. like So it's gone from nothing at 8 o'clock to that. And then it just gets worse from there. The sky gets covered in grey, you know, the, it, it, the, there's earthquakes. And it, by 18 hours later, you know, basically Pompeii is covered, the volcano's blown, and it is spread molten ash and um, pumice stone metres thick over the surrounding area, yeah? Yeah, so you've got to understand that, that uh, there was two main towns that were affected by the the eruption. Everyone knows Pompeii. Everybody knows Pompeii, but there's a, another city much smaller, which is 18.5 kilometres away. So What's that, it called? And it's called Herculaneum. It's a hard one, isn't Herculaneum. it? Herculaneum, <laughs> yeah. Right. And now that was 18 and a half kilometres away from where Vesuvius was. So mm. um, that just gives you an idea of how big the eruption was. It was a whole mountain that then float, went into two. If you look at Mount Vesuvius now, you can see it's two peaks, right? Sure. Yeah, well, exactly, yeah. yeah. So it's gone from, so, yeah, it blew the whole lot up. Up into 30, up to 30 kilometres in the air. Now, so the the... Our tour was to go to Mount Vesuvius and do the crater rim walk and the summit climb, right? Sure. Yeah, and um, so we leave our hotel, yeah. chuck our bags in our private vehicle, yeah, and we drive, I guess, I don't know how far up, 
but you know where everybody gets out to walk that last basically the car park yeah yeah but i don't know how far from the mountain it is um so but from there you have to walk now um there's a bit of security there they've got limited numbers going into mount service the guide that we had what was his name stefano he was brilliant I mean, I didn't know that someone could know so much about rocks and stuff just walking around. Like he'd pick up handfuls of the um, the little stones and, you know, he'd pick out things and you're like, that's just grey rock. But there was little sparkly bits and he, you know, like he, and he drew diagrams in the gravel that was so amazingly simple to understand. Yeah, in relation to, yeah, how the, the layers of the actual um, geological formation. And what happened, yeah? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. he was... Yeah, he was really, really good, very friendly. Uh, he was a bit uh, uh, disappointed that the government had come in and um, told them that they could only have limited numbers. Well, he's like, you know, like who says 9,000, who says 10,000, like he said, and half of them haven't even been up the mountain. But I have to say, like was a 45-minute walk up was the description. And yep. it wasn't an easy walk. Actually, it was harder coming down because even though it's a, it's a wide path, it is loose gravel and... Um, you know, ash, volcanic ash. So it's quite slippery. So make sure you've got some good hiking shoes or, or you know, shoes with good grip on them. Even to... maybe as much as we laugh about the poles. We, cowboy, you. Oh, okay, I laugh about the poles. Yeah. And and I and, and I admit um, I have no reason why I should laugh about them, but that particular uh, walk, especially coming down, yeah. to have a, a, a support pole. Yeah would have made it a little bit more comfortable. Yes. So when you, so we, we arrived, we were walking up with Stefano. Yes. Yeah. And as I said, we're stopping. Luckily, he, I mean, he's got a backpack full of rocks on, hasn't he? So he's, he's stopping, he pulls out this, you know, rock probably 15 centimetres in diameter and he's telling you about this rock and he puts it back in his backpack. So he, he's, he's basically running up this hill with, you know, an extra probably 20 kilos on his back and we're all sort of, well, not all everyone, but we're following him up and he'd stop, you know, like it was sort of zigzag. He'd stop at, you know, every little sort of turn around so he could explain something else to us. Now, on the way up, you know, the mountains are covered in, um, you know, beautiful green grass and flowers. I've got some beautiful photos, but he points out previous lava flows that you can see and it's you know like it's like a, a road really and it's black dead area where nothing grows eventually it comes back but it does does take a while um so you can see yeah these these lava tracks which are fascinating to me to, to see that they you know from years ago because the last eruption was in 1944 mm. yeah so um that was the last time it was active yeah so although we had a friend um that um we um or actually sister-in-law, Bronnie, she, they went in 2016 and she said that they couldn't go up because the volcano was a bit grumbly, rumbly was what she said. So, you know, they're obviously keeping a good eye on, on the volcano. I think they've had, I think there was even one in the early 1900s, not yeah. early 1900s, another eruption. Mm. So, like, when you think about it, say that's uh, two in the last... 100 years yes um yeah like you know that's a bit how's your father but i loved the walk up there um i didn't know what to expect uh so you, you get up to the top and you act the the crater right which yeah. is which which blue now what's the size it's massive isn't it the size of it yeah the crater and the actual size of the um, the 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 peak of the mountain is 1277 meters 
Um, the crater circumference is uh, 450, and it's 450 metres, and the depth is 300 metres. Yeah, so I've got some really good photos, and I've got a nice group photo of our, our Intrepid Travel group all together right at the top of Mount Vesuvius. And there is one where there's still steam coming out of the volcano. Sure. Yeah, not a lot, but it, it is there. Um, I think you've got photos of that. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, I've got lots of photos up, up there. And you can generally see 360-degree views of the Bay of Naples, although we it was a bit foggy this day, but I guess when you're up at nearly 1,300 metres, you're going to come across fog, aren't you? Um, sure. But you can walk maybe halfway around the rim of the the crater you can't go all the way there's a, there's a stop there's like a little observatory place um and there's tours running all the time so if you want to go up your, your own you can you do a tour from the top around the rims you know um but i think what we did was amazing and once again it's just part of the tour because we learned so much about volcanoes and how it erupted and and what happened now in the show notes to this episode episode 70 um, I'm going to put a link to an, uh, an animation of the um, eruption and it's taken, it's set sort of like you're in Pompeii looking back at, at Mount Vesuvius and it, the video goes for about eight minutes but it's worth having a look at. It's, it's already had over 28 million views so it's, it's such a great representation and it, it just gets you in. It's, it's really fascinating. So go and have a look at that. As I said, you'll find the in the podcast player you're listening on, in the description to this episode 70, you'll find a link um, to back to the show notes for that. So, Or just go to Beach Travel Wine and find the latest podcast and, and you'll see it there. So anything else you want to tell us about the... Yeah, I, think, I suppose really what I want to talk about now is how detailed Stefano, our oh, guy, went into actually what how happened. what had happened. So there was a major earthquake about 17 years prior to the volcano eruption, mm. which obviously then altered the... What under, happened underneath. Ha, happened underneath. Mm. Um, what do they call that? Uh, uh, subterranean uh, slabs. Yep. Um, and uh, as Leanne said, that the actual explosion uh, was that... Uh, Intense, intense yeah. that it blew the top of the mountain so that now you see two peaks. Well, they're saying it was as, as strong as the um, bomb on Hiroshima. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Now, just to it's be It's actually aware, the fourth um, strongest eruption in the world ever. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Mm. So how long, how did you say, how, it went up 30 kilometres, they, was it? They're saying between 15 and 30 kilometres into the stratosphere. That's when it blew. So into the stratosphere. So yeah. that's amazing. So... Now, just to make you aware, is there's, there's two parts to it. There's the magna, uh, which was eight kilometres below the surface. The magna for the molten rock, that is underground, and lava, molten rock, is that um, molten rock that breaks the surface, right? Mm. Now, the temperature of the magna, this is eight kilometres underneath the surface, mm was between 1,300 and 2,400 degrees Fahrenheit. That's hot. And now the temperature of the lava, obviously, which <clears throat> breaks the surface, was 1,300 to 2,200 degrees Fahrenheit. So, there, so there's, at the maximum, there's only 200 degrees difference, which hmm. doesn't sound that much. But when you consider that 1,300 degrees Fahrenheit is 704 degrees 
centigrade. Mm. Oh, sorry, yes, Celsius. It's hot. Mm. Now, the eruption lasted about 18 hours. Mm. Um, yes, it is. It engulfed the city of Pompeii with ash. Yes. In about 10 to 20 minutes. Mm. So the actual, it went for 18 hours, but it was covered. So when it blew, it blew. Pompeii was destroyed by rain of ash and lapilus. Now, lapilus is the unconsolidated volcanic fragments that are ejected during the volcanic explosion. So that was what Liam was talking about before, mm. when these rocks mm. in flames as big as basketballs, mm. probably bigger. Are some just, were bigger. And yeah. you can see some of them on the on actual Mount Vesuvius and you know, there's the cross section, and you can tell they're they're from the you know from inside the volcano, from from the cross section of what what's inside them, and they call them you know like volcanic bombs, I think you know. Yeah. But, um, but I think I don't know if we we did say this. Most people in uh, Pompeii died from asphyxiation, though. Yeah, derived of oxygen. Yeah, so yeah, like yeah. it was because the air obviously they couldn't breathe. Um, they and then everything was destroyed and fires, and you know you'll see that in the animation from you know from these lava balls and bombs hitting and um yeah which is pretty awful but the interest well yeah it would have been horrific and the interesting because no one would have really known what was going on mm. I, you know you could turn around and say the locals would have known that there was a that, that there was a volcano there but they've never experienced a volcano no, no. so all of a sudden this thing just explodes but the interesting thing about um the comparing Pompeii Pompeii and Herculaneum mm is that even though it was it was 18.5 kilometres, which I've said they're sep- separated by 18.5 kilometres, the main cause of death in Herculaneum was excessive temperature rather than the gas inhalation of the lager-related accident. So basically their blood boiled. Mm. And that was to do with, I remember our guide saying, you know, the water rushed in. Um, where the the void was with the lava, and then when it hit the lava, the steam and the heat that came from that, you know, um, was what caused the deaths down in in that other place. Yeah, you yeah. can't say it either. No. Good. <laughs> yeah, but it starts with H. Um, yes. Yeah. So scholars estimate that there were about twelve hundred people living in. Oh, sorry, twelve thousand people living in Pompeii, and mm. and almost as many in surrounding regions. Around 2,000 people died in Pompeii and 300 unknown to have died in the city starting with H. Very good. You'd expect with, um, you know, the history of the, the volcano that um, there wouldn't be anyone living anywhere near it today, but um, it's actually regarded as one of the most dangerous volcanoes in the world because, get this, 3 million people live near enough to be affected by an eruption. Can you get that? with at least six hundred thousand in the danger zone? It's the most densely populated volcanic region in the world. Yeah, I'd hate to be trying to get insurance. Yeah, you, you, you know, said contents that. insurance or house insurance. I mean, do you live near a volcano? Yes. Well, you know, I think it's crazy, but yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, it is still active. Um, the Vesuvius Observatory carries out control of seismic volcanic area through a network of seismic stations. Mm, you have ap- to, wouldn't you? Yeah. When <laughs> an appointed set of geological activities occurs, an eruption warning is issued. Right. Drafted in 1995 
two national commissions set up in 1991 and 1993 to assess the risk involved in the Vesuvius eruption and plan the response to any emergency. What Stefano said is the biggest problem is if there is an eruption and what they need to control is the people panic. I also remember him saying that they've worked out, you know, if, if if they think it's, you know, dangerous and they need to get out, they need about three days is what they estimate to get people yeah. away. Yeah, so they obviously they don't wait till the last minute. No, yeah. So I guess then you might get insurance. I don't know. Anyway, did you enjoy Mount Vesuvius? Oh, look, I think it's a package deal. I loved I loved um, Pompeii. I just mm. I thought that was absolutely amazing. Um, I think any trip to Italy, you've got to go. I think the fact that we did it, with the tour guide and we did it with um, Luca. Uh, we just made it so easy. Yes. Uh, oh. Yeah, I and Vesuvius, as I said, it's it's just a package deal. But I think you definitely need to do Pompeii first. Yeah, okay. And you definitely need to be prepared for that sort of steep um, walk, but it's certainly worth it. Yeah. Sure, um, sure. And I would, I would agree with you. I think it, it definitely should be a, a package deal, but... Pretty cool being up the top of a volcano and seeing into the crater and you know learning about it was yeah I enjoyed that yeah I um yeah they complemented each other mm. that's all you could say but... and I, and I agree with you like having a tour guide and being on a tour because we saw people arriving at, at Vesuvius and they were turned away because they didn't have tickets you know like you just think you'd be able to buy tickets and go up yeah but... I remember that yeah that was mm. surprising yeah mm. yeah it was really probably the first time. We'd actually seen that. Mm. Now, just be aware too. They say that there's toilets, uh, which Uh-oh. there are at the car park, but um, some of our. I did. Uh, I went in and to use a toilet, and he said you had to buy something. So I paid two euro for some muesli bar, and the toilets were disgusting. And I think I was the first one to go in, so everyone after me got it even worse. Like it was, it was dreadful. Did you make a mess? Well, no, it's just like there's no flushing or anything. So, like, oh, just, okay, yeah, it was, it was, um, yeah, it was wasn't pleasant. But, okay, you know, but that that's probably not a nice way to end the podcast, really. So let's let's move on. Day four of our um, tour with Intrepid Travel with all our friends, and I think another benefit of traveling in a small group like this was we, we're hopping on the bus. And we're heading to our next stop, which I'm going to tell you about in a minute. But you get to share it with all these people. I mean, yeah. you and I, we, it's nice. We share, we take our photos and, you know, telling family about it. But how nice to share these amazing experiences with, you know, some old friends of Wayne and Anne, but also our new friends. It was, yeah, it was, I really enjoyed that part of it. So I'm going to put a link to Intrepid Travel and the tour that we actually did because I just think it's, you know, one of the best things you could do in, in the show notes. Now, I'm also going to put some um, uh, other things, links in there because I want you to go to uh, the show notes to go with this episode, episode 70. I'm going to have photos of the bodies that, um, or what do you call them, the, not the refugees? The, the fugitives. The, the fugitives, um, the rooftop bar, the volcano, obviously the, the ruins, also all those pornographic pictures that we took. I'm going to have, they're, they're all in there. So... It's worth going to have a have a look and have a look at the map because you'll see where Pompeii is in relation to where we stayed in our hotel and where it is in relation to to um, uh, Mount Vesuvius. It's, there's so much to go and have a look at with episode six, 70 sorry, of, of this um, podcast at beachtravelwine.com. But before we finish, 
I am going to get in first because um, my favourite place to have a glass of wine was the rooftop bar. And you? <laughs> Probably the same. <laughs> However, I think um, the dinner that we had the first night at the hotel, um, the food was just brilliant. And I think... And uh, that main area. Of yeah, I think we may have had a, a Chianti uh, Classico Reserva yeah. uh, for... Um, with yeah. the, the my lamb shank, no, that was the the, the restaurant, fish. the yeah. fish, yeah. and it was uh, yeah, it was beautiful. Look, I thought it was great, but are you going to mention something regarding a movie we watched? Oh, look, before we, I've got a couple of things. We um before we recorded this podcast, I um I wanted to see if I could watch the movie Pompeii because there was actually a movie made which was pretty good apparently called Pompeii, but I it was not available for free, but the one I found on um, the movie on Prime was made in 2014. That should have been the first red flag. Um, it was called Apocalypse Pompeii. And the story was like, a you know, an old um, CIA agent or whatever, you know, has to rescue his family from an eruption in Pompeii. And I'm like, oh, well, we'll get to see, you know, the, the mountain and we'll get to see the ruins. It was the worst movie we've ever seen, but because we were so invested in it, we couldn't leave it. I think only because we'd been to Pompeii and we knew it. wasn't even it. in Pompeii. It was filmed in Bulgaria. Yeah. It, it was, yeah, it was, so I don't know the point of mentioning that. So if you want to No, neither do I, but, but it was, yeah, it was the worst movie I've ever seen. So if you so. want, yeah, you want a movie to watch? It's uh, called Apocalypse Pompeii. It's on Prime. It's, yeah, you get a good laugh. Yeah. yeah. Sure, yeah. They're, uh, what are these that the, um, Effects. Oh, special effects. Special yeah, effects out of were disgraceful. And... Anyway, so we've left Mount Vesuvius. We're in our private um, transfer vehicle. We're all buzzing from our day. We're tired because we've just walked up the mountain. And we are off to our next stop where we're, we're spending two nights. And that's coming up in episode 71. But I'll give you a, a bit of a teaser it's one of the most beautiful places in Italy that um, people fall in love with. We went, we had two nights in Sorrento. It was magnificent. And we went to the Isle of Capri. So there's all sorts of funny stories coming up about singing in a boat and jumping off the boats and, you know, like, yeah, the most amazing restaurant I think we went to, even though the food wasn't that good, but the whole atmosphere was amazing that we're going to tell you about, and that's coming up in Episode 71. Anyway, that's the end of Episode 70, all about Pompeii and Mount Vesuvius. So we will see you next week. So it's goodbye from me. Arrivederci, Leonita.